the reason these disturbances, they followed you to a new home, is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out of the sharks, took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. You get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, My name is Robert Hawkins. Approximately seven hours ago, uh, something attacked the city. Um, if you found this, if you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do. California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm, I'm, I'm coming here. John Doe has the upper hand. And on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon that all, all save one, shall follow. They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going, sir? I'm well. Excellent. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how are you? Doing well. Excellent. You can find Kevin a lot on uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh, he's joining us tonight. Uh, also, uh, we're supposed to have uh, co-host Mike from uh, this podcast, and I think he just joined us. Mike, are you there? We see him, but he's not speaking. But uh, Mike uh, is supposed to join us, and he will uh, let us know when he can actually talk. Uh, but he will be joining us from the state of New York. Uh, also, uh, co-host Chrissy from... Connecticut was supposed to join us, but uh, something came up and uh, she had to drop out. And at this time, Abe of Massachusetts is uh, currently working nights, so uh, he hasn't been joining us uh, recently. Uh, so thank you for Kevin uh, to join us. Um, for folks who are new to the podcast, we are darkdiscussions.com, which is a website uh, that whole is basically the Dark Discussions News Network, which is a website that has news and articles and press releases and podcasts and all that. We have uh, numerous podcasts by your co-host tonight, plus a number of podcasts by other co-hosts, um, such as the NFW and the Fresh Cuts and such. Uh, we also um, have uh, – what else on that website, Eric, that is uh, useful for us? <laughs> they can find a link to our patreon account on the website patreon is the service that allows you to contribute financially to your online artists like us uh so you can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions for every five dollars a month that you care to donate you'll have the opportunity to submit a topic for us to possibly do a show on we take all the submissions from our patrons and draw one at random on a quarterly basis and then do a show about it so any and all donations are certainly appreciated producing this show is not free uh we have to pay for things like web hosting and uh, audio file serving and computer equipment and 
web service, so on and so forth. So any and all contributions are certainly appreciated. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or follow the link on every page of darkdiscussions.com. Excellent. And uh, thank you for all who do donate uh, because, again, uh, we do have a lot of expenses and we don't get any uh, money back except from anybody who happens to be kind enough to uh, decide to give us some uh, donations. Um, uh, anybody from Shutter or Letterbox is listening, we'd love to have you as a sponsor. Indeed, indeed, because we indeed. do uh, promote uh, a lot of the, your films, uh, and uh, that would be a, a good thing. Maybe I should send an email to them. Maybe they don't Could even hurt. know we exist. Yeah, All I can do is say no. That's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you you right. lack imagination, Eric. <laughs> Uh, and uh, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, the last person I just spoke. Hi, this is Mike. Mike from New York. All right, so Mike did finally join us uh, with after some technical issues. And uh, perfect timing because we've uh, just done the house cleaning. Uh, so uh, after we discuss our film tonight, we will uh, obviously, uh, if we do have time, talk about what we've been watching. Um, I, I went to a convention. I can talk about it a little bit. Um and uh, to piss off Eric and Barrett and others, uh, Taylor Swift's greatest album is being re-released on the 13th. And I can talk Nobody about cares, that. Nobody cares, though. But either way, uh, which is red, by the way. Uh, but, but either way, today is November 11th, 11-11, uh, 2021. For the folks who are curious, because uh, some of our listeners, like Pam, always are interested when we do release our episodes, because they aren't necessarily released immediately after they are recorded. Um, so for example, uh, tomorrow's episode, which will be on the 12th, uh, is the episode about VHS 94, which actually, uh, was recorded quite quickly. However, the prior, ep- the prior episode before that was stacks, which was recorded earlier in the year. And the episode that's coming out after VHS 94 is the banishing, which uh, me, Barrett and, uh, myself, uh, and Eric, you, you Barrett yourself. Oh, well, I meant to say you, and then I kind of choked there. Uh, but yeah, we recorded that one way back in the beginning of the year as well. So uh, uh, we, we re- release them here and there as uh, they enter the queue. Is uh, I'm sorry, is banishing the is that that's on Shutter, right? Yes, it is. Uh, is that, that the yeah? That's the one with the the woman that was on. Uh, I, I think she was the one from uh, Downton Abbey. Uh, you could be right, actually. Yeah. I, I have that on my list of things to watch. I'll have to watch it before I listen to the episode. Now, now, can you name the celebrity? Because she might be the celebrity we kill off this week. We've taken down Ed Asner. We've taken down Dean Stockwell. Who's next? I know. The Dean Stockwell one was crazy. Yeah, it's very bizarre because me, Mike, and uh Barrett and Kevin uh, recorded the Dune episode uh, just last week, and we we're talking about Dean Stockwell. And Mike said he's he still alive. And, 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 and I, oh wow, I said, yeah, I missed last week. I said no, he's still alive. He is alive. And then, sure enough, three days later, he did die. So that was unfortunate. Uh, rest in peace to Dean Stockwell, one of the great actors. He was awesome in uh, the Beverly Hills Cop films. Uh, I, is, I thought he was great. In that. Is Taylor Swift still alive? Just. <laughs> yeah, she actually turns uh, 32, 32 on December 13th, as a matter of fact, 2021. Maybe. If she makes it. If she makes it, that's right. Yep. And, uh, you know, well, actually, you know what? 
there's always a chance the Chinese could nuke us all. So who knows? You should anyway. constantly worry about it. It'll help you. Oh, believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, obsessed I'm, about I'm, it day and night. It, that's very healthy. I've already accepted that we're all dead by 2024. <laughs> <laughs> before, they're going to invade Taiwan before the next presidential election, and it's all the world's over. So I'm you, you I'm should totally obsessed about it. it, it there's because it helps. There's something you can do about it. Well, At least I, the I've, world I've, will be better off without humans on it. I, I, I've I've kind of what we said uh, come to grips with it, Eric. So I have <laughs> become okay with it. No, what you should do is you should sell your house now. So you can get something for it and enjoy the money because if you're still living there in 2024, it just goes to waste. Yeah, that's so just true, like that's so just like well, pre-sell it and like sign the lease for 20, somebody to move in in 2025. You right, won't notice; you'll get their money. Let's just say that uh, with the, the unfortunate passing of my father from COVID in January, there, there was a, 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 a very a hefty inheritance that will allows me to keep the house without worrying about that, Mike. Yeah, but you can but, get Taylor's well, money. Yeah, you should actually move to the Canadian wilderness. Well, to be honest, if I was single and not married, I'd be living in the eastern townships, townships of Quebec right now. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And, so you're, you're and, and it's not really wilderness. It's it's more rural, like rolling farmlands. What are we even talking about? I have no idea. What the heck? But either way, uh, let's let's get into our topic tonight. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what are we going to discuss? I Third forgot. Night? Um, tonight we're going to be talking about a film currently available VOD called A Perfect Enemy. Hi, John. I ran into some problems on my way to the airport and I missed my flight. And I hate airports. Don't you? Who are you? Tessel Texter. You seem curious about things. You look like a businessman. Look around. This is my world. Angus, tell me. Have you ever killed anyone? I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and visualize the story I'm about to tell you. Have we met before? Oh, I'm sorry, I don't think so like total perfection. Why are you doing this? Because I feel like this. A lie always needs to be repeated more than the truth to be believed. <laughs> I've been looking for you. Tell me what you know. What is this whole game about? I think this is a game. What do you want from me? Perfection is achieved not when there is nothing more to add, but when there is nothing left to take away. That's right. Uh, Perfect Enemy is a film that actually you can get free at two locations, I believe. Uh, Amazon Prime, if you subscribe, as well as Tubi. Uh, uh, the film is a German, French, Spanish production. Uh, stars an international cast. Uh, speaking of uh, a film that we just did uh, a few weeks ago, me, you, and Eric. Me, you, and Eric. Uh, me, Barrett, and Eric. Uh, we did Gaia a couple of weeks ago, and one of the a the lead actress of this film is 
uh, Afrikaans speaker from South Africa, as a matter of fact. Mm. So that's kind of interesting, just like in Africa, uh, Gaia. But either way, uh, the film uh, is directed by uh, Kiki Maeo in his first English language film. Uh, it's written by him as well. Uh, if Kiki is a man, I have no idea. Uh, but D- Fernando Navarro wrote it as well, and Christina Clemente. Christina Clemente has actually worked on The Orphanage, uh, the film we, we actually did an episode on a few uh, years ago. Actually, actually, let me rephrase this. I'm completely screwed up tonight. Kiki, Kiki Maeo, the director of this, worked on The Orphanage. So there you go. Um, the film stars uh, a couple of, three people, really. Uh, there's a handful of others, but uh, it's, uh, the actor is Thomas Cott, uh, plays Jeremiah's Angus, the architect from Poland. Uh, Marta Nieto plays his missing wife, Isabel. Uh, Thomas Cott actually is Polish, and he plays a Polish architect. Marta Nieto is Spanish, and uh, her character is Isabel. And then Freya, I'm sorry, not Freya, Athena Strates, or Straits, is plays Texas Textor. Uh, the young mysterious woman in the film, and she is of South African descent uh, and of the Afrikaans language. So this is an international film completely, uh, but it is an English language film. Uh, the film uh, did the festivals and came out though in 2021 in the U.S. of A. So um, uh, not that it really matters, but I do just want to point out that it's it's she's she's white Afrikaans. So if people are looking for well, well, but most people who speak Afrikaans are Caucasian folk. But you're yeah, right. But, but 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 most people don't know that and don't care. She's the same as 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 Charlize Theron. For folks who are curious, yes, you're absolutely right. All right, so uh, we not as wealthy. Into- or is famous, or is good looking. Uh, but either way, uh, we can get into our uh, our. Uh, Ability, I guess, are things of like what we thought about the film and how we heard about the film. And so I'll start. Um, so last week, when myself, Mike, and uh, Barrett and whatnot were looking for what we were going to talk about next week, we went through like three or four films, and this one popped out, and we said, "Yeah, it was looked good enough." So uh, we we decided to go in blind. Uh, on this one, um, especially since it was on Amazon Prime. Uh, so um, that's how we heard about the film. Uh, so um, my thoughts on the film. Uh, I actually like this film a really good amount, uh, especially after uh, the ending, because um, there was a lot of things that made me question, like, what's going on? Why are these people acting this way? What, and on and on. And then everything is completely explained by the end of the film. And... Uh, I thought um, the twists and turns of this film were were remarkably well done. Uh, the acting was solid. I love dialogue films, and this has a lot of dialogue. Um, I also like um, uh, behavioral health individuals in films because it always is uncomfortable, and uh, this most certainly had that. Uh, so all in all, uh, I, I give this film a big thumbs up. I enjoyed it. A lot. Uh, the film did win uh, numerous awards in Sitges or Sitges. I forget how you pronounce that. That's either in Spain or Germany, but it's one of the big festivals. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, it's like they have Sundance over there. So uh, yeah, big big thumbs up for me. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear about it until we randomly picked 
excuse me, of course, you called on me just as I got the hiccups. Uh, picked it last week. Um, I liked it. I'm going to give it a caveat, though, in that it uses a trope that is like one of my absolute least favorite tropes ever. And I realized, think, there we go, realized very heavily on it. Um, I, I can't say what that is without spoiling the film. Um, I think the performances are decent. I think it's interesting. It is really 90% of the, the cast is just the, the, uh, the, the young girl and the, uh, architect and, um, the other characters are there, but they're very, very minor, um, in the grand scheme of things. Um, I don't know that everything was buttoned up neatly, uh, but we'll talk about that. I could have missed something. Uh, on a first watch, it is a, about a 90 minute movie. It's certainly worth checking, checking into if you would like a good um, psychological thriller or psychological horror uh, or mystery, um, because there is sort of a question throughout the whole thing as to what's what the girl's game is, what her angle is uh, and what's going to happen. And um, yeah, so I would give it a thumbs up. All right. Sounds good. Uh Kevin. Yeah, I heard about this because of last week's uh, dark discussion, <clears throat> excuse me, meeting uh, our podcast event where we said, hey, what are we going to do next? And you brought this up and said, it's on Amazon Prime. Watch it for next Thursday. Uh, I This is not a movie I would have chosen for myself. I'm not as much into dialogue movies as, say, Phil is. I was I kind of saw this as all right, what's the twist? And that's pretty much the thing that I was really keeping, uh, I was really focusing on because the rest of it was, why on earth is this guy talking to this crazy girl? And this is a wackadoodle. Sorry, Eric, I'm borrowing your term. But this is definitely, <laughs> well, this, well, thank you. I mean, it's, well, I was texting Phil. I said, this girl is certified wackadoodle. Um, and it's like, why was he, patient with her why was he talking to her why didn't she you just pass it yeah he's he's old she's cute and she <laughs> exactly. wants to talk to him that that's that that, that that made it believable for me okay well anyway um i mean i have and he's I, a nice guy <laughs> well the whole point is is that i was i was looking for little clues and that's um that's my thing, because, I mean, I'm really big into Sherlock Holmes and, and mysteries, and I just have to admit, I like to look for the little clues, and I saw a few. Um, it sure but, did. Uh, I ended up, this this movie was, was good. It was like, for me, it was just a one and done. I, I don't care if I ever watch it again. Actually, I don't want to watch it again. Um, so that that's my, my two cents on it. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Eric. Um, yeah, I heard about this movie because I got a text message telling me we were doing it this week. And I didn't care for it that much. Um, I think it was made well. I think the, the actors did a fine job. Um, but after everything is said and done, I mean, after we get past the spoiler flag, I would like the opportunity to sum this movie up in one sentence to describe just how lame I think it is. Um, because after that reveal happens, then a whole bunch of stuff that happened earlier in the movie just unravel unravels and becomes meaningless. Um, 
so yeah, uh, I mean, it wasn't a poorly made movie, um, but but I didn't care for it. I I won't be revisiting it. All right, sounds good. Uh, Bert, kind of with Eric on this one. Um, it the ending kind of disappointed me or just didn't give me what I wanted. Um, it was a good psychological thriller up until the reveal, and then I just was let down. Um, and as Eric said, everything pretty much unravels at that point. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to revisit it. It's maybe worth seeing once. I think the acting is great. And I think that that is the best part of the movie. All right. Sounds good. Um, so, uh, once again, the film is uh, available on Amazon prime and maybe Tubi, I think. So, uh, it is there, but if not, you can always rent it for uh, a few dollars. Uh, anywhere movies are rentable on VOD. Uh, so, Eric, uh, do we have a wiki? Wiki, wiki. A successful architect is approached on his trip to Paris airport by a chatty girl. Although the meeting seems fortuitous, soon they're what? Okay, sorry, I got thrown off by the bad grammar here. Soon there be a turn. That will transform the encounter into something much more sinister and criminal. All Soon right. there be a turn, guys. Soon there be a turn. That will transform the encounter. It must have been one of the German, <laughs> Spanish, French, or Polish, or South African people that tried to translate it. There <laughs> be a I, turn. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so yeah, that's that's a, a fairly acceptable. Um, I guess IMDB wiki type of thing. Uh, chatty girl uh, seems innocent enough. And then it slowly turns into like, as Kevin said, WTF without actually oh, saying WTF. I, I, maybe it was me, but I don't know that I ever thought she seemed innocent <laughs> any moment at all, anywhere in this film at all. Admittedly, yeah, I knew well, I, I was. Well, when, when, when I say so. innocent, I don't mean, uh, uh, a nice girl. I meant uh, innocent as in there wouldn't be any criminal activity. If anything, you would just have a, a wild night. Well, in then a, we would not have been watching this movie. A wild night in, in a hotel. Yeah, that that's, that's, that's a fair point. Uh, yeah. Her intro to the film and her behavior and her commentary uh, is what is like, okay. But at the very least up to their first meeting, you know, your mom might think it's a hallmark romantic film set at the holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the age sure. difference is about the same, right? <laughs> yeah, trying to, the, the your cute young girl's going to help the old guy with a lot of money to get over his 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 dead wife and it'll, it'll be called the gold digger. <laughs> Indeed. Um all right, so uh, I guess we can get into our – well, basically for folks who are new to the podcast uh, or found us, basically what happens is uh, we don't just review a film. We dissect and critique as well. So at some point, and we will notify you, uh, we will throw up a spoiler uh, flag and we will talk about anything and everything. And uh, this film is a type of film that is very much uh, – a spoiler type film in the sense that um, there's a lot of twists and secrets that pop up that could ruin it for you if you haven't right. seen it. 
So, so if you're planning on watching the movie, don't follow us past the spoiler flag because there's no point in watching it if you know the spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it depends. Uh, if you still, you know, I, I still personally, I still think it was was good enough to watch, even if you knew the spoilers. But I, I would concur that it, this film would be better not knowing the spoilers. I, I I would be curious, although I don't really have much interest in rewatching it. I would be curious if there were flags in there. Um, so I'm curious to hear what Kevin has to say, like what you if there's stuff to pick up on, because there are things that to me on first watch don't watch don't quite fit. But we'll see. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking, looking back at the film, certain things that I remembered that were curious, and I was like, oh, now I understand. Um, but, but yeah, this is a great film for those who enjoy it enough to rewatch it a second time, where you could see all the clues that you may miss uh, during the first watch. Uh, not, not to, to compare this to uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Sixth Sense. But oh, get out of here. But there's a lot of stuff that occur in this film that on a second watch, you would go, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. So uh, that's all I meant, Eric, when I, when okay. I said that. Um, all right. So uh, let's, we can talk about general stuff before we get into the spoilers. Um, so were the, our characters likable? Um, obviously, the, the girl... Um, she was supposed to not necessarily be likable textile textor, even though she had a sex appeal that made her interesting. But uh, Jeremy Angus, the architect, was he likable before any of the twists? Anybody? I I think I don't I don't think I liked any of them. Uh, I, yeah, I like yeah. the show. Actually, I take that back. I like the chauffeur. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Part of it being that I know what kind of movie I'm going into, so I know the girl's not to be trusted. And then the architect starts off with doing this whole—I don't know—it just felt to me douchebaggy class warfare kind of thing that just automatically turns me off. But it seems like the thing where the writers are saying we want to make sure everyone's on board with who this person is and his agenda. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh god, but that's okay. I, I, I I had the same reaction when I was listening to his uh, presentation. Um, you know, he's talking about the one percent and all that. And it's like, look, you know, don't don't bring that into it. You could just say, I did something for you know for rich people and for things like that, and I wanted to do something that was a little bit more humanitarian and helping you know other people and go into a different direction. Um, and the one thing when you mentioned what was it, uh, perfection isn't. Perfection is when there's when there's nothing left to take off, and yeah, I did you, not. You, agree. It's, yeah, there's nothing left to take away, or something like that. Yeah, nothing or, left yeah, to yeah, take yeah, the yeah. last thing away. Yeah. And I did yeah. not agree with that uh, statement because then you just get function. There's no form. But that, well, that doesn't make it a bad statement. It just means you disagree with it. It's well, I think it's as a character. Because I, I mean, because I mean, I'll, I'll explain. See, I was recently, I was in, I was recently in Eastern Europe. And I saw examples of you could see the difference between a building that was there before the communists took over and a building that was there when the, that the communists built. And the, com- the building that the communists built were just function. That was it. There was nothing left to, to remove. It was just that. And it was an eyesore. And I, don't I think just that's it went saying oh, and and it again, doesn't it tell you something about his character that he does yeah. say that? Well, doesn't have. And, 
and, and I think philosophically, it really depends on what your medium is. Like that is a perfect uh, uh, philosophy to have if you're a sculptor, right? We've all heard that. Is you right. know, how do you sculpt David? It's well, you chop away everything that doesn't look like David. Um, however, if you are a chef, how do you? You know, that's a terrible philosophy because all you're going to be left with is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> plate. <laughs> um, and to me, an architect is a lot more like, um, like a chef because you're not starting with a thing. You are literally starting with a blank canvas, but I under also understand it's kind of like, you know, like from filmmaking, you take away everything that is, if it's not really necessary for the story, it, it helps to, to trim as much fat as possible. And I can certainly understand that with architecture is you don't want to make it overly complicated. Decorative is one thing. Design is another. Um, you know, and you don't want to be like, what's what's the what's that? The Winchester house. You don't want to build building something like that with stairs leading to nowhere. You don't want to make it more complicated than it needs to be. You want something that well, is flowing and comfortable. Well, and, well no one would consider well, the Winchester well, house well, perfect well, anyway. There's a couple of things. All right. First off, he's in Paris to give a, a presentation as a, a big European architecture. So he's, he's part of the 1%. So to, when he says that statement, it can be looked at in numerous ways. And, and Barrett made, made a, a, looked at it one way and Kevin looked at it another way. Now, the, the thing is, is that when he's like, like, you know, they tell you that the, the best houses are the ones that have the halls that are the smallest because halls are worthless because they're just to get to one room to the other. So if you can make smalls that are tiny with a lot of rooms off it, then your house is, is a better house because you're using your space more appropriately. Now, that that's fair. But this, this guy also it could be, as Kevin said, which is he's just looking at the old communist thing, which is just build a bar and and put people in it and based off of that statement he says but uh, as barrett looks at it he's barrett looks at it as no he's he's trying to use the space appropriately in the most uh um i guess worth value wise and so it it, it makes him ambiguous as a character by saying that because is he the the uh, person that is looking at things appropriately, or is he just looking at the, the cheap way where, oh, I can save space, so let's make it this way. So it makes him ambiguous. And plus him being up there, and, you know, obviously he's an expert or whatever, but I've finally become, after 51 years on this planet determine that people who give these type of speeches are just pompous asses no matter what they're saying so i just would just go that's why well, i do him for sure i i, I sure. do have a thought on that that i can't divulge without yeah. spoiling the film so well, and again i think it informs but, who his character is so that's the importance of the statement not necessarily the results of you know his believing that statement and what he creates and phil Although asked us for our first impressions so Yes, exactly. Self-important ass. That was my yeah, first impression. Yes, I, I think that's the perfect. Yeah, yeah, because it's such. It's such. First of all, it is an ambiguous statement, but it's also a, a final, finalistic statement in a sense too, because it's like this is what I believe, and everybody else is wrong, and it's like well, and it's you're like just one architect. 
and he th- it's it made it sound like he thinks nothing could ever be improved once he's removed everything that can't be you know right. <laughs> added or whatever right. i mean it was right. ob- yeah, i mean it was obvious that this that that statement was like the way he said it it was one of those i want you to quote me i want you to remember this statement i want this quote to be attributed to me and all that sort of stuff well because it's well, like it, an architectural it, ted talk yeah Right, right. Well, and it's, also, it's it's also you know you know I mean like for example you know the Chrysler Building or the Trans America Building versus a, a square skyscraper you know which which is better you know the Victorian look or the country look or just you know the the cardboard or cut out suburban houses that you find in in you know new suburbs in New Mexico or Arizona or California so it. It's just like, you know, I mean, I, I kind of do like the Victorian and I do like the, the, the I guess, the art, artiste in the art. You know, and Mike, you made a great point about cooking. You know, I mean, you know, you can make chicken. Okay, it's boiled chicken, but it has no flavor. So, yeah, you add all the spices. So, if you remove all the spices, then you get the boiled chicken and that doesn't taste. I mean, it's fine. It, it, it's gives you sustenance but it doesn't taste really good and you don't remember it so i don't i don't know what the guy is trying to say in this stupid speech except that he's like you said eric he's a pretentious asshole and then he's got groupies too which is even worse yeah that yeah. feeds it <laughs> yeah that's true he has groupies that's uh, are yeah. there architect groupies i yeah. don't know that I think was there's the like groupies for almost anything. Is, is is the desire to know whether that's an actual thing? Yeah, yeah. There's groupies for. We found out after the cooking channel came on. There's groupies for chefs. You know, I mean, Anthony Bourdain and all these other. You know, there's groupies for everything, Eric. There is. Believe me, there is. And where are the podcaster and, groupies? Uh, yeah, you're, you're, hanging you're, out I, in I, Kevin Smith's house. You know, you know, <laughs> you know fair point. I mean, God rest his, his soul, Jack Ketchum. You know, whether whatever you think of his his writing and and splatterpunk, uh, he used to go to conventions and he'd have a different girl every night. You know, because there was just groupies for a, a and they were never seen again. And, <laughs> and so you know, it, it's it's just it's just how it is. You know, I mean. They're everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and again, I mean, uh, you know, if this guy's single, which he is, and he's not married because his wife is yeah. gone. Disappeared. Uh, yeah, he, he, you know, it's good, you know, good for him. If there's girls that he, that like him, you know, it's not like he's cheating on anybody, technically. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, so it is a curious thing we learn about him. And then we also learn after he leaves the convention, he's talking to his agent or his partner or somebody. And he talks about how he still misses his wife and all this, and it bothers him. She disappeared. It was the anniversary of her disappearing or something. And so we learn something else about him. Um, and uh, then he's planning to take a flight back to Warsaw. Or wherever in Poland uh, to go home, basically, um, and that—that's pretty much how the movie opens. Um, so yeah, it appears that none of us really liked his character even before the twists. Is that r- right to say? Yes. 
Yeah, he's very self-involved and very pompous and just, yeah, not very likable. Right. But at the right. same time, I have to confess, I didn't dislike him. It's, he's just one of, he was just one of those guys where I really couldn't care less one way or the other. Right, I could empathize with the situation he finds himself in yeah. um, because I think we could all put ourselves in his shoes. Uh, I'm not going to weep for him. I, I also wasn't taking enjoyment out of it. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and, you know, I mean, some of the things like, like, for example, uh, later in the film, you know, when he's showing, he's looking at this uh, model of the airport that he's in. And then we find out that he was the designer and creator of the airport. He was the architect of the airport and it's a big airport. Um, and he talks about how he was to the, the, the woman who, who he he's, discussing the model over how he thinks it's bad and it's like okay you know any any normal person would say dude this is great and he was almost like being pretentious like saying oh, i could have done better and this and that and which well is, he's saying he's learned true. more which i think most of us would do i know i go back and have to edit things i've done over the years and i thought man why did i ever think that was good yeah um but to most people, it would be perfectly fine. It's just a matter of the eye of the creator. Um, so I, I can understand that. Um, by the way, uh, being, uh, meeting a chick in an airport and saying, I made this, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good pickup line right there. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think his interest in her, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. I, I have no idea what he was thinking. Um, I think he was a good Samaritan. Yeah. Yeah. I first. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think that's, they, they try really hard and I think maybe, and I think maybe try a little too hard to tell you what a wonderful guy this is at the beginning of the film. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, um, I, I, and then I don't know if he, he liked her, because when she starts talking to him at the airport, he says, yeah, I just want to, you know, you know, read my iPad. And so I was like, I don't, I don't know. Does it, or, but I don't know. Well, well, what did you guys think? Did, did you think, because she eventually says you're hitting on me. I and, don't think we should have this conversation until after the spoiler flag. Yeah. 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 I, 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 thought, that, I thought that was reversed. I thought he said that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, well, I think, I think fundamentally, like, you know, it's we don't want to be Steve Martin in planes, trains and automobiles stuck with John Candy. That, right. You know, we, we all like when we're traveling, it's stressful. You just want to be left alone. You want to have a few minutes yeah. peace and quiet. So he did a nice thing for someone. And now it's like, oh, fuck. Talk, damn it. I just I just want to relax. I just just leave me the fuck. I, I, I didn't want I should never have picked you up off the side of the road. There are some people that are not dissuaded by you reading on your tablet. They think that that's still open game to talk to you. And that just drives me crazy. That's what headphones are for. He had headphones on (laughs) and she was still talking to him. Right. That's true. I really want to stream something at all of you right now, but I can't. We got to get past the spoiler flag. Sure. Sure. Well, and, 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 and also the question is, if that was me and it was it was that chick talking to me before she talked like crazy, 
I would have been interested in talking to her, but he yeah. didn't seem that way. So it, it it makes me wonder what what was going on in his head. But again, he had a bunch of groupies earlier in the in the week in the day, so maybe it didn't matter. It was just another girl, so I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, for him, I mean, when I looked at this, <clears throat> and I'll, I'll hurry through this so we can get to the spoiler flag. I mean, he picks her up. You know, she she approaches him, picks her up. He says, "Okay, I'll do something nice." And he seemed like, okay, he's a decent guy. And then he's just, he's in the airport. He wants to do some work. He needs that alone time. And then she's just constantly trying to talk to him. And he's even saying, look, I really want to, I just want to do the work here. You know, I mean, it, he, he was actually not being mean. He was just saying, you know, look, I just, I just like to get some work done. You know, and she's like, well, you're just being rude. And it was like trying to manipulate him. And he wasn't right. She was. She was being obnoxious. Yep. Exactly. You're right. 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 Oh, okay. No, I said there was the moment when before she first shows up, is he's reading his uh, the article about his oh, little yeah. talk, and he deletes a comment. Yeah, right. Now, first of all, we all know that he's not a professional because professionals all know rule number one is you never read the comment section. Right. right. Um, but there's one negative review, which is basically he didn't say anything that was that we didn't already get from this book. Um, and he deletes that, which I don't know how right. he had the ability to delete it. But um, right. it's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Nevertheless, right. so that well, already gives you an idea that here's a guy with a bit of an uh, a bit of a thin skin, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So that's but that's like the first kind of crack in his veneer um, that he isn't wholly wonderful. Although, I mean, although honestly, as criticisms go, it was a fairly mild one. I think I've certainly been there. I've, you know, seen things and watched interviews where I was like, okay, I've just seen, I've seen this all before. You're giving me nothing new here. Uh, so I could yeah. certainly understand that criticism from the person in the audience. And I was kind of expecting, um, <clears throat> it's not it, to find out that she's the one who left that comment at some point. Yeah, I was too. That is a... Mm-hmm a herring of a particularly bright shade of crimson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And, 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 and to be honest, um, most of the people that probably went to his speech were fans of his. So if there were the only people that probably wouldn't like him would be either people who went as friends with a fan or they were there specifically just to write a review, I would think. Um, because I doubt anybody just randomly would go, Hey, I'm going to go to see this architect, you know, unless they knew who he was and all that. And they already were kind of a fan of his, but, um, either way, uh, yeah, it showed something about him, his personality, which is, he had definitely a thin skin for sure. Um, anything else anybody wanted to bring up before we get into the spoiler parts? Um, can we just very briefly outline what happens in the rest of the film is that she basically tells him three stories about her life. And it's a weird, almost, but not quite anthology film at that point. as she tells mm. three stories of her history. Yeah. Um, so, and then, and then, you know, that culminates in, you know, the final showdown between these two characters or the, or well, I don't know if showdown is the right word, but you know, so, and, and that, and culminates the, the big reveal and everything else as to what exactly 
is up with her and and her relationship to him and so forth. So um, yeah, so that's there. And now you and, and, and you know anything else from here on out, we we kind of we kind of have to spoil the shit out of this. So right, right, all right. So uh, at this point, um, we are going to throw up the spoiler alert. So again, we will uh, discuss anything and everything, which will include spoiling this film, including the twists of the film, because uh, this film um, hinges on uh, a number of twists as well. Um, so uh, you have been warned. So I guess we can discuss anything and everything from this point on. Um, and we will do so. Uh, the first thing I wanted to bring up was I, I was reading some reviews and it, this film on Rotten Tomatoes actually got mostly good reviews uh, over 80 something percent. Uh, but I did notice one negative review and it was an interesting review because it's a, it was written by a woman and she said the film was misogynistic. And huh? I thought about that and I was hmm. like, oh, I, I could actually even call this film a woman power film too, and that men are, are bad. So it it I guess it depends on your political perspective. What yeah. I don't really feel yeah, because I, mean, I could look either. at this film. I could look at this film as that this is a, a man bashing film and and male There's, privilege. That never mind a misogynistic where men get away with terrible things. So it, it it's just weird how someone would would suddenly think. That. Well, he's but, a narcissist, but I mean, well, fundamentally, the, the film. Yeah, part of it. I mean, <laughs> fundamentally, she. There is one woman and one man in this movie. Um, you know, this is not like um, you know. I'll use an example. Um, well, 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 there's a third woman too, the wife, right? Because yeah, but she's person. not even a. She's barely a character, right? There's but like I'm no sure development the of her. Okay. I'm, I'm sure there's like, 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 Got to get this out of my system. This whole conversation you've been having for this last ten minutes about this woman in the airport—she didn't exist. Right, it's him. It's him. She that, that's exist. why I find it even. I don't understand funnier why you're examining this character that didn't exist. Of course, it's misogynistic because it's all him. <laughs> I mean, there is nothing but him. Well, and and. The one sentence, okay, like, if I were to write a wiki about this movie, then, well, I probably wouldn't do this because it would be totally spoiler, but, like, an accurate plot description of this movie is an architect sits in an airport and remembers that he murdered his wife. And and he... Yeah. He... he, he <laughs> That's it. That's, well, look, I'm well, sorry, uh, Eric, he's about our age. When you get to this point, you don't remember every little thing that happened. <laughs> so you think you're a whole different person? And Well, Kevin well, actually texted me about uh, guilt and how it manifests into what his imagined daughter would be. Because it appears that when he killed his wife, she was pregnant with his daughter. No, and I get all that, but after after the reveal, some of the choices that were made in the storytelling just seemed ridiculous to me. This um, is like, like full on hallucinations. Well, not only that, but like there are at least two instances that I can remember when she starts telling him a story and she's like, What are you picturing? Why are you picturing that? It's because it's the way you grew up. What about the way I grew up? I grew up like that. And why why the fuck would a figment of his imaginary his imagination be correcting him about a fictional life that never existed? 
Well, it, they, it, they, they talk about it later. Fell apart for me. They yeah. talk about it later after the twist when we find out that she's a figment of his imagination. Where he says that you were a creation of my mind of what I thought my daughter would be had my wife left me and the way she, she would have grown up and lived in poverty if I didn't know where you were. So a lot of ifs, a lot of ifs. Right? So, exactly. so he was, he was, well, obviously the, the red herrings, which is, you know, like you said, Eric, why is he asking questions to something that he should know? But again, if he has a split personality, if he has, you know, I mean, he's definitely a kook. So he's a wackadoodle for sure. I don't know. I don't know that he has a split personality. He, split personality. he was having hallucinations, I think, because he was seeing things that weren't there. Right. Schizoph- schizophrenic then. Right. Right. Uh, and, and, and yeah, and for me, this is a big thing. Is that this is the the Tyler Durden moment in the film, and I was like, oh what's that, god, what's that? Dude? Uh, from Fight, Fight Club? Club. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah Where, so like, it's, it's, exactly, it's that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not a fan of the 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 trope of the the ghostly visage, whether it's a person you know who has died and they know they've died, or or just some person hallucinating a, another human being. To such a degree that they can't even tell that there are, it's a hallucination. I, I, I never really find it credible or done well, and, it, and, and so that, that I always feel, especially in a mystery, that it's cheap to say. And they were never there. You wow. didn't feel like it was done well in Fight Club. No, I, Fight Club. I'm, I'm willing to give it to. Um, okay. I was just wondering. I think, but part of it's because that the rest of that film is so good, and it's not being billed as a right. mystery. You right. know, and here this is a mystery, um, and you're trying to figure out who is this chick and what she's up to, and the the, the mystery is she's not there, and you're kind of like, well, that's cheating. That's just <laughs> cheating. Right. Like, and there's and there's little choices they make, and the way this runs out, like I have to go back and rewatch. Like, Phil, you mentioned Sixth Sense. You rewatch Sixth Sense. And Bruce Willis sits down to have dinner with his wife. And you realize like, when you rewatch it, when he sits down, he never moves the chair. She never actually looks up at him. She never has a conversation with him, none of which registers at the time. You just take it to mean that she's mad at him. Um, none of that registers at the time, but it makes perfect sense afterwards. Here, he's making the, the, the driver stop to pick up this non-existent person in the rain. <laughs> and then he apparently imagines she's left a bag somewhere. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. And yeah, then they have was... to go back to get... And so so the driver is just watching this guy, what, do a Chinese fire drill in the rain? I mean... <laughs> well, it could have been his well, own bag. It, it, it explains more why the driver was flipping up. It does explain a bit why the driver was mad on, but I'm like... And, like, he sends the his his agent or manager or whoever it is a picture of his imagination and now look if phil if you send me a picture and say hey do you know this chick and you send me a picture of a of, a, of an empty chair i i <laughs> I, I, I might worried. say i said i think you sent me the wrong picture there's nobody there <laughs> i wouldn't say are you feeling okay or whatever <laughs> it was that he said um because I would say I, d- I don't think I got what you wanted. There's I don't see any, but I don't see a picture. Um, so there were some ch- real cheats I think around this 
I mean, I don't mind that he sat there and is having a conversation by himself in the airport because God knows that happens. Um, we all steer clear of fucking weirdos in the airport. So I'm perfectly fine with, with that aspect of it. But there are occasions where other people come into it. I'm just going to assume like he saw this chick as one of his groupies and that was the image he chose to to latch on to in this projection, right? Some part of his subconscious. So I don't mind that that person who was that actress or looks like that actress was there. Um, but yeah, it's just, so it's, so, it's, so I don't think it's like a completely airtight thing, I, I but I think a, it's, it's okay. I, I had a, a, a quick, I had a thought about all that too, because I mean, I forgot about the picture, but, um, my one thing I was wondering was, is that is it possible that and I was talking about this with Phil, is it possible that the the girl that he picked up in the air, you know, on the street, you know, maybe she really was maybe that girl was real. All right. You know, because she acted somewhat normal then. And like, remember, we saw one of the groupies had like the same shoes and the socks and all that sort of thing. So maybe like he saw her. And then in his own mind, she kind of be like, you know, she became oh, somebody okay. else. You know, I mean, it's so like maybe in his own mind. And then when he gets to the airport and sees her again, that's his imagination. Exactly. That's kind yeah. of what I was thinking, because that would explain, you know, the turning around, the grabbing the bags, you know, you know, opening up the door because, I mean, he. I'll accept that. Yeah, yeah, and that's, 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 I mean, that's that is the only that is the only would, thing that came to my mind. Make now, more sense. Yeah. Right. Because you know, and we created his whole he, imagination off of, she was right. in the video. That makes sense. Right. Um, you just didn't see her face. So yeah, right. that would, that works for me. I like now, it. Now the, oh, good. Glad I did something right. Anyway. Um, now if I may kind of do some of my observations, uh, first of all, when the guy, when the, the architect, I, I forgot his name already, but when the architect came in, he came into Jeremy. a lounge. Jer yeah, he came into a, lo a, a, a lounge in the airport. Okay, this, this, these are the places where, and I've been into uh, a couple of these, where you actually show them your, your boarding pass, and then they look at it and say, okay, yeah, you can come in because only select people can go into these these lounges. And all of a sudden, this girl comes in. They never ask her for a boarding pass, and she just comes in and sits down. And she does not seem like the type of person who would be able to go into one of these higher-class lounges because these lounges are also like they have the buffets. And they, you can eat you know, and drink and all that sort of thing without having to – you know, it's, it's, it's a nice little – it's a nice perk if you're, if you're traveling. Uh, if you travel a lot, first of all, they never ask her for her ID or anything like that when she comes in Two, she's making a lot of loud noises, like laughing hysterically, saying really crazy things out loud. And you see the people around them and nobody's looking at them. Like if you're in a restaurant or if you're in a uh, an airport or whatever, and if somebody is like making a loud noise, even if it's not even even if you're not looking, I was like, oh, she needs help. You just kind of look over because it, it's kind of an instinctive for us to somebody makes a loud noise. You look. You know? It's France. They're used to people being rude. Well, yeah. But the thing is, is and then uh, there is another point where, you know, when when he's in the bathroom, you know, and he's kind of he's he's out of the bathroom, He's washing his hands. And then she steps in behind him. He's sitting, he's standing next to another guy who's just washing his hands, doing his own thing. 
She goes into the stall, doesn't even shut the door, goes down and she, you know, she goes to the bathroom. The other guy doesn't even notice her. Like, it's like she's like she's not there. Hmm. I wonder why he didn't notice her because like she wasn't there because she wasn't there. Um, and that's those are, you know, clues like that were with things that that I was picking up uh, well, because the, she did this a few times. The main thing that there's something clue that there's something wrong with the architect is that he goes in the bathroom, he washes his hands and then he goes and sits on the toilet. Yeah, that's a that's a sign of a man who's psychologically unwell. Well, yeah. <laughs> Right, and then and then and then he keeps on imagining her because again she doesn't exist. That she's kind of threatening him with a knife, right? And he's like spooked out about it, and it was just weird. And it's like, well, he says, "Where'd you get the knife?" And then she holds up a pen. Right, right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but you're right, Mike. That's a good point. Why did he wash his hands first? Well, well I think he was just trying to get away from her and hoping if I take a massive dump, maybe the smell will drive her away. <laughs> that's my thought. Right, right, Always right. A good thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, I mean, when you gotta go, you gotta go. But, but yeah, having her in the men's bathroom that was kind of weird, and then her, as you said, Kevin, uh, not closing the door while she's using the bathroom kind of was, I guess, quote unquote, sexual in a sense. So it's like, what's going on here? So it made sense that he would say later in the film that you're hitting on me. Right. Because, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are good, good finds, Kevin. See, and you said that too. You even texted me like halfway through the film that you go, she doesn't even seem like she's even there. And you were right. Well done, sir. Well done. Cheers. Um, so uh, let's talk about the model uh, of the, the airport. Um, the little red dot makes a whole lot of sense now because we find out that after he murdered his wife to cut, hide the body, he dumped her body in the um, basically did a Jimmy Hoffa where instead That's of giant it. stadium, those are my people. Yeah. Instead of Jimmy, instead of a uh, giant stadium, uh, he dumped his wife's body in the airport. So she's buried in the cement under the airport. Um, and so he was ha- imagining the blood spot in the model. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Now, when the model changed with him and her, that obviously must have just been director and writer flourishes because that yeah, might- and I kind of found those a little distracting. I thought the red was interesting. I thought maybe she may have done something with that, or um, it, it was certainly left ambiguous enough. But then you start getting new figures added to the model, and it's like, okay, this girl is clearly not that prepared for this confrontation that she can bring a little image of the man punching a girl, pushing a girl into a shattered mirror. So it was just like felt it was to me that was heavy handed. Some people may like that. That's fine. Uh, for me, I thought it was laying it on a little too thick. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would concur. It was definitely, uh, laying it on for sure. Um, because again, 
it doesn't fit with the rest of the film, right? It was more just a flourish. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, when she started talking about her stories, right, that, and and she said she killed people, that's – I would have been, all right, I'm out of here. But he stuck around. Kevin, well, because – Yeah, go on. It could have been bullshitting, and, and that's yeah. kind of my first instinct. But even if they were bullshitting, it's like this person's a little nuts, even if she is good-looking. I'm a, I don't think I need to talk to this person anymore. Well, well I mean, good-looking yeah. or not, after a while, if you're too wackadoodle, then I don't care how good-looking you are. Leave me alone. It's never right. worth it. Exactly. It yeah. I, yeah. I but you also want to be careful because you don't want to set the wackadoodle off. Right. Right. Oh, my God. So true, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, this—I mean, obviously, this is a male-female thing, and, and is she hitting on him or not? So, you know, you can look at it that way. So, you know, if if you're talking to someone, and again, this can be the opposite gender too. So, women who are listening to this, if you're talking to a guy and he starts throwing these red flags out that he's kind of strange, you kind of say, "Oh, he's good-looking. He seemed all right at first. You know, I can imagine sleeping with him, but." This guy is nuts. Well, I think it's clear he's not interested in sleeping with her. He wants to read his fucking magazine or listen to his music. Um, She's forcing herself on him. At the same time, we also have to recognize he's a person in a position of power. She is a young woman. It would be really easy for her to, who we believe is making shit up, to make even more shit up that he's now got to try to defend himself on so it's why not just sit there and like let's just kind of roll your eyes at her story um and and just hope that eventually you know she does <laughs> leave you right leave you alone right. um, it bothers me that we're talking about her as if she's real well because to him she is at that particular right. moment and to the audience she is at that particular moment mm-hmm. exactly but, but she does not exist and therefore she has no motivation that's all. No, but we were asking why he would be entertaining this. And I think just the yeah. idea that if you see a person you think is crazy, you don't want to just outright say, you're fucking nuts, leave me alone. Even if that is maybe the in the end what you have to do. <laughs> am, I, am I the only person who's ever had a conversation with someone like you just well, talk to him for a minute didn't work for your wife. <laughs> and you go and you talk to him for a minute and you go, oh, my God, this person is completely off their rocker. And then you just continue. You smile, you nod. And then you go like, well, it's been really nice getting to know you, but I have to go get my enema now. So thank you. I ran into a dude in the, in the uh, literally in the middle of the like, you know, how in front of the grocery store, there's a little road. Like I was in the middle of that little road in front of the grocery store and this dude starts talking to me and started out by asking me what town he was officially in and ended up going on about this conspiracy about how uh, all the cops were trying to take away our thoughts. But it was okay here, not in Ohio. And I'm just like, well, you know. My groceries are melting, so I'll uh, nice meeting you. Have a great day. <laughs> yeah, I actually had this happen last week to me. Uh, me and my buddy were out 
uh, having beers, you know, just hanging out. And this guy was at the bar, older guy, um, probably in his seventies. And we're talking about movies, me and my buddy. And, and one of the movies I was talking about was network, uh, the, the William Holden film. <laughs> and, 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 and the guy, I swore he was listening, but I may have made a mistake. So, so I just looked over these older guys said, Hey, you know, network, right. That's a great film, right? This guy hasn't seen it yet. I'm telling him he should see it. And he goes, yeah, that's no, a great. And it's like, Oh my God, this guy's drunk. And then he just starts talking about nothing. And we were like, Oh, what do I do? What did I do? Well, that was so, kind of your fault. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but I didn't know he was drunk. I, I just thought, wait, you know, where were you? I was at a at a uh, a lounge with a, my buddy. Just when they're out. serving alcoholic beverages. Yes, yes, they were. Uh-huh. Okay, and this was okay. a complete and total stranger that you were talking to. <laughs> I, I, had you had to drink at this point? I, not not that much, but I mistakenly brought him into the the conversation, <laughs> and you and wanted the, to bring him into the conversation about a movie about a lunatic who has a mental breakdown. Not, no, he was not a lunatic. Should it be a woman at the bar? That yeah, the, the, luna, the, lunatics, the lunatic was, was, was Ned B. Was it a blonde woman by any chance? Uh, no, no, it was that guy from Holden. And so, yeah, so it, it happens, you, you know, whether they're drunk or they're just insane or whatever. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, so Mike, you're not alone. You're not alone. So uh, you're not the only person. I won't. I won't even tell you the conversation I got into with my neighbor. My neighbor got into with me. No, oh, yeah. not the guy that called that you. Here. Not, not the guy. I, I don't know if it's here. the same guy. I don't even know if that guy still lives there. But okay. some of the same words were used. <laughs> and and no, that was not the time to be a racial ally because I I the man's clearly nuts. And it just got uh huh. I got to go inside now. Yep. Yeah, these, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So, but Eric, you do have a good point, which is this girl doesn't even exist. So, what's he debating? But again, he's insane himself, right? Well, so, clearly, because he's making up these stories for her to tell that didn't happen, and I don't understand him. the point. <laughs> well, well I think he was drawing on his past to tell those stories. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is what happened. He was. There was two types of stories that she was telling that were actually his stories. One was what he thought his daughter would have been had she not been murdered. Uh, you know, basically she was she was a fetus, and so when he killed his wife, he killed his daughter too. Uh-huh. So, so he's th- he's thinking this is how she would be and how she would have grown up. So that's one story he's talking about. And then the other story was what he did himself, and he puts her – he's trying to portray what he did to his wife onto this fictional character. So are you telling me that he raped his future wife and then she married him anyway? Wanted no. to. No, no, no. That was after. he. What happened was he was married to his wife. She – and him started having fights, and so he was thrown out of the house. But she was pregnant, and then he raped her. He fought, he was a psycho, and he couldn't just deal with the fact that he got dumped. And even now, you know, you, you try a couple times, and still she says, "No, I don't want you back." But he. I don't was think insane. he raped her in reality. I don't think he raped her. No, he did. That was it. Was when so she told the story about raping the woman herself. Right. 
Uh-huh. That was what he thought about. Instead, he became obsessed with her, followed her, and stalked her until they got married. So it turned mm-hmm. out normal, but what he was thinking from the start was abnormal. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're, right. you're oh, I, I thought I thought that stalking was after he got dumped by his wife. No. I think right from the start he became obsessed with her and they did they even get married? Because I think that they yeah, were together. Did, they got married because remember at the beginning of the movie he still had his wedding ring on. Right. Well, right. Uh, but if he's wackadoo. Yeah, exactly. No, but he showed it to married. somebody who was standing at the car. Right. And, he, and he's semi-famous. I, people have to know that, it, that he did have a wife that disappeared. <laughs> right. I don't know that I trust anything he said. So This is a thing that happened yeah. 20 years ago. Before he was famous, possibly. Yeah, before he right. was famous. He was and pointing at his ring. It was on the opposite hand, by the way. I did That's notice true. that. that was I weird. did notice that, too. But, again, he may have moved it. Some, because some, cultures, that's, some cultures do wear it on the opposite hand. I agree, but I'm, it's all of that together. If from what I was getting was the the rape thought was in his head. He stalked her and actually got together with her. And then she started feeling uncomfortable and she didn't want to be with him anymore. And right, that's the, when he was like, you cannot leave me. And that's when he killed her. Right. Mm-hmm. One person, African's girl says something like, you know, that you were, you had thought about raping her in this, when you saw her in yeah. the cemetery. Exactly. So I, that is, that is to me the way I interpret those, that story or those two stories. Um, right. But I don't know that they really make it very clear to the audience. No, yeah, I don't think I, well, I, I'll tell you why it's not clear, because I thought the complete different. I thought he had a normal um, wooing of this young lady. They got married. Then after the marriage failed, he got dumped, and then he did the, all the stalking. That's what I got out of it. Well, no, because he sees her at the cemetery the same way the blonde girl does, the girl that doesn't exist. It's just right, there's two I, different outcomes, but he follows that woman, and that's how he gets together with her. Because well, he doesn't know her at that uh, point. I thought he, he was following her at the cemetery because he was following his ex-wife at the cemetery. Well, here's, 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 no, here's no, the interesting that's how thing. He, that always it doesn't matter. His ex-wife. It doesn't actually matter, right? All that really <laughs> matters is that that was his ex-wife and he murdered her. Yes. Yeah. Fundamentally, that's what matters. Well, and that's why I'm so confused about the storytelling mechanism here, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Right, because you've got like double unreliable narrators, because he's got his own narrator telling stories that are kind of the way he wished them to be, or the way they might have been in his mind. And then he's also telling the story later on, (laughs) again, when she's telling him what really happened. Right, and then like, like for example, the uh, statue in the cemetery of the woman laying down. When there was a comment made that she looks like you, yeah, right. Well, then we find out that's because that's actually his subconscious image of her body sinking into the cement, right, or the concrete. Yeah. Um. So it is a bit the whole. So really, the sequence of images and things in these flashbacks is jumbled if only for that reason. And so I don't know that there is a necessarily final right answer. And again, I think all that matters that you take away from this is one, he murdered his, his wife while she was pregnant. 
or murdered this woman while she was pregnant, whether or not she was in fact his wife. And two, he's wackadoo. And he's insane, and that's why none of this makes sense, right? Well, if I in, in, in that aspect, I suppose spot. it makes sense to tell it in a jumbled fashion because he is wackadoodle. Um, but it doesn't make for, at least didn't for me, a particularly satisfying storytelling experience. Exactly. Well, one and, of the things that's, that's why like, I hate these kind of stories. One of the things that kind of bug me is, is that, okay, this is all going on in the guy's head. So one minute he has his own history about he grew up in a, you know, kind of a bland apartment, you know, communist block nation. And then all of a sudden it's now a girl in a trailer park with three cats in the Netherlands in the Netherlands. And she kills the cats, which may be upset. But then since she didn't exist, those cats didn't exist. So she didn't actually kill the cats. Well, he, he might have, though. That's the problem. Well, that's to say he may have. But then, like, the whole thing about <laughs> eating, the cat, he's a sociopath. eating the cat food and all that sort of thing. And it's just so, I mean, I, I, it just kind of because, I mean, then there's the parallel with the real popular guy, of course, is the real popular girl. And all that sort of thing. But then when he meets his his future wife, I mean, he meets her in the cemetery. But the question is, is that, you know, we see his his imagination slash conscience, you know, hitting her over the head. And it's almost like she's about to sexually assault sexually assault her until she wakes up and she runs away. Say, hey, you know, I'm help me get me, you know, help me, help me and all that sort of thing. So, I mean. Is that what happened with him or or not? Because then because they don't even they don't show that part. But what they show is like him looking at her. But you don't really see her real react to him. And there's always this talk about rejection, rejection, rejection. And so, I mean, I think that's the guy's underlying problem was he hates being rejected. But then later on, um, it shows like the dance club scene. And with the with the with the woman's subconscious imagination or what have you, she kisses the woman and then she gets pushed away. But in his but when you kind of see maybe what actually happened, he kisses her, but you don't see her pushing him away. So I'm just I'm just trying to like, okay, so then what the heck is going on here? You know, did so is that how they really, you know, met and started falling in love? Because. Then you talk about them moving into their apartment and they seem all happy. You know, he's eating the pizza and she's like, "Okay, you know, I'm going to do this. And they're all smiling to each other. So what happened between the time? How long did it uh, happen between the time they move into the apartment to the time she's pretty much telling them to get out? Right. I think you have a moment. I want to murder you. Yeah. Well, Um, like that scene with the dancing, I think there's like somewhere in the middle. That's true. What he saw was overemphasized in what she saw you know when it was the female kissing her then it was overemphasized as well and i think that somewhere in the middle is the true story yeah i again I'll, i'm with eric i think it's all unreliable narrator i don't think it yeah. is it is a jumbled knot that i yeah. that you can untie but i don't think it's worth the effort um because again it doesn't none of it, none of it really, really matters. Um, and since everything is coming through the perspective of a person who is um, Eric, he's um, 
Behavioral health individuals. Yes. Okay. Um, we, 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 even what we know, we know, we don't know that we know. Right. And that's why I was ultimately know? dissatisfied at the end of the film was because of that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I mean, even at the end of the, um, like, you know, even at the end of the movie, you know, it's like one point he's, he, he has this big bruise on his head and then, um, and then it's gone. He all has this, this, he has this, you know, he's bruised knuckles and all of a sudden they're gone. And so, but the thing is, so, I mean, did he hit her? I mean, did he ram his hand into the mirror or was that also in his head too? Because like I said, those bruises disappeared, but it also shows him hitting his own hands into the mirror without anybody there. I think so, nothing right. happened I, is is because you see it go away. That's it's all in his head. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's also a, it's also kind of in the theme of the movie, in that stupid speech he gave at the beginning, um, of once you take everything else away, you have perfection. Uh, in that he is he's taken away all the artificial uh, bullshit and has come to the truth of he's a murderer and he killed his wife. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's his perfection. Who knows? And and that's the that's the point. It's perfectly fine as long as you're a happy, well adjusted murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and get away well, with that, it. Right? Yeah, well that that's the thing, right? Right? Because if he's a sociopath, he wouldn't have guilt. But so I'm I'm thinking he has borderline personality disorder or, or bipolar or, or or narcissism or something else. But he's definitely wackadoodle and was one of those four um and i think kevin has a good point which is once he kills this is what he said kevin you said to me um through text once he kills his guilt he he he's fine he's free yeah he's free yeah it's actually but he's almost full sociopath at this point right right mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly exactly or he's at least made peace with that i mean um yeah so and I, it's possible. He's not that I'm the going, other seventeen women he's killed. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Um, I, and I don't want to defend the other wackadoodle we talked about, which is the one complaining about this being a misogynistic film. I can see <laughs> now that we're talking about the ending, and I'm looking at it from the end, how someone sits through this film, sees that here's this guy who has a a breakthrough, as they say in therapy. Um, and, and we find out that he murdered that that he, well, no, in theory, when you have a breakthrough, right, you make, you, you come, you have a revelation, you, you come, you find some inner. Uh, Okay. I think it's a good descriptor. I I do. He has this breakthrough and he makes peace with the fact that he's a wife murderer. Um, (laughs) and I could certainly see how someone thinks that this film is endorsing wife murder. Which is completely I, I, odd, though, because it is completely any, asinine and any, wrongheaded. I think because it's actually showing that it's pro woman. I think it's pro. Yeah, and he's crazy. It, it, I, if, all right, put it this way: I just looked at it as a thriller, and 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 he's crazy, as you said, uh, you, Barrett. But yeah. if I wanted to look at this politically or gender politics wise, I would have came out 
the complete opposite of this critic and said, this is a pro-woman film because it shows this scum that men can do these terrible things and they get away with it in this patriarchal world. So, but, yeah, go on. Mike. So, but back in the day of like the Hayes Code for the movies and the Comics Code Authority and, st- and, and whatever the, the, it was for television, you could not have a story in which the bad guys do not get Gets punished. Away. Right, 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 right. You could not. And there are some people that are more, that are so hidebound about this, they can't see a story in which the bad guy gets away. Right. And and be have peace with that because they're supposed to be punished. These are like the the, the Annie Wilkes of the world, right? That's Right, right. They right. they they need their story wrapped up well and the bad people have to be punished. You can't take away from the story that if the bad person gets away, that there's still ramification from it. They're guilty. They're that, you know, like, uh, um, Michael Corleone lives his life alone without his family and dies alone. You can't have all of that implied in the film. He has to be caught and has to go to jail or has to die. Right. <laughs> right. Do you well, and, and, Nightcrawler. Yes. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, the, the main character gets away with some stuff. Um, yes, that's I showed that movie to my dad, and he did not accept the ending. He was just like, "Nope, that's not how that well, ends." They caught him <laughs> in jail. Well, th- well, that's the thing is like like Scorsese in Casino and Scorsese in Goodfellas. There, there's a line in both of those films that sums up how it really is. And and in Casino, Pesci's character goes, "There's a lot of holes in the deserts, and there's a lot of bodies in the deserts." And and those bodies ain't ever going to be found. And <laughs> and Goodfellas, he he talks about uh, the Jersey swamps. There's a lot of bodies in those Jersey swamps, and they're never going to find those bodies in the Jersey swamps. You know, in <laughs> Secaucus and whatever. And it's true is that a lot of these crimes are never. Most of these people in real life, a lot of these people get away with it. That's why the mobsters are still out there. To, and but they and don't have, really you know, get away with it in either Casino or Goodfellas. <laughs> I, well, that's no, they true. Don't. Because that's those are based on real, uh, factual stories, and, and that's how because it happens. Because in real life, they don't get away with it. <laughs> but 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 they do. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about, Mike. I know exactly. Yeah, those films they do don't get away with it because there, there is a uh, a compass at the end in both of those films. But 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 I mean that, that's literally why the films are there because these are people who got busted and their stories were told and the authorities uncovered their stories. So right. that Scorsese could later film them. Right. There's people out there who have gotten away with it that will never have their stories told because they got away with it. Right. Exactly. And 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 unfortunately that's that's the reality of the situation in most cases. And and so when you have a film that actually has it where the bad guy gets away, it's it's different. And yet it's it's not different to those who actually get away with crime. So but you're right. These people that are, are reviewing the film can't accept it that hey, they got away with it. But I think that's kind of what makes the film a little more interesting is they got away with it, even though I didn't want him to get away with it. I was kind of pissed that he got away with it. I was well, hoping he would have like a breakdown in the, on on the airplane, and then they would have to you know tie him up, and then what? And then they find out <laughs> the truth at the end or something. But going, drag him away like John Lithgow in the Twilight Zone movie. If, right. If this guy was presented as a hero, maybe I could swallow the whole misogynistic angle a little better. Right. Uh, 
but I don't think that he was. Uh, and we're not, we're not, I don't think we're supposed to feel triumphant at the end when we realize that he's gotten away with murder. Um, we're not. Yeah. I don't think the movie's saying that at all. So, no, yeah, no. So I, I, I should put the knife back is what you're saying. <laughs> well, oh. well, Eric has, a, Eric and Barrett's uh, agreeing is, is spot on because you're right. I mean, we're not supposed to like the guy. We're not supposed to say good. He escaped and good. He, he's got away with it. We're, we're supposed to look at him and go, what a scumbag. It's supposed and to be that's why it's not misogynistic and, to me yeah. because because it's he, yeah, I mean, yep. he doesn't, he's not a good guy. I mean, if he was a good guy and showed as a good guy, then maybe that would be misogynistic. Like it's trying to say guys are okay, even though they do this shit, but that right. was not what it was saying. Right. Well, there are, there are people who just don't accept that a filmmaker could in, have an ending in a film that was intending to leave you disturbed and unsatisfied. They well, honestly believe every that. story is and they all lived happily ever after even though when it's obvious to any normally functioning human being that is not what was being said now i i think it's something else too mike which is that i think there are some people that see any movie that has violence against women in in any manner as misogynistic yeah that's that there's I, that I too i personally disagree with that take um but i can understand how somebody um, who's seen it over and over and over and over and over again uh, can feel like filmmakers hate women because oftentimes um, they are the victims in the movies. Well, and oftentimes the people in Hollywood are fucking scumbags, but yeah, that's um, this isn't a Hollywood film. This is no, 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 but, um, but Hollywood film. And like one of the first I can think of was total recall where like, uh, if I remember, as I recall, Arnold Schwarzenegger swaps, uh, slaps around Sharon Stone a bit. Um, <laughs> and I, I always find it funny, and I'm not the first to raise this point, that Arnold Schwarzenegger can can brutally murder 50, 50 men on screen, but he slaps a woman, and the, there's yeah. people protesting in front of the movie. Yep. Oh, my God. That, that film was so violent, too. The, the, and the way he killed people in that – the men in that film was, like, crazy. I remember I, I had a – left with a bad taste. And my buddy was like, that was awesome. I go, dude, people were cheering <laughs> when, when when Michael Ironside's arms were ripped off. For Hell, oh, that yeah. was awesome. I, was I awesome. understand. But, but I, I just was, like – I mean, I look back and I agree. It is fucking awesome because, you know, it's a midnight movie. It's, it is. But when I was watching it, I'm going, this is weird that people are cheering deaths and, and not just deaths, but graphic violence. Long before the movies, my friend. Yes. Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is that this was Verhoeven processing living through 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 the war in, in Europe. And right, right. he You're, didn't want to sugarcoat violence. And it's yeah. kind of like, you know, I, I had a, a, a sadly past former colleague who also grew up in Europe uh, at the end of the war. And he he absolutely abhorred violence and anything that was remotely tinged of like of of fascism and Nazism and and all the rest. And here he is as a guy who does make these like anti-fascist films, but. We're going to murder people for fun and laughs in a brutally gory way. <laughs> just, yeah. just, it's a weird way he is processed and comes to terms with that violence. I think we've strayed off the path. 
yeah, well, well, and and that's the thing. Well, it's, it comes down to the interpretation of a film, Eric, and 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 people interpreting this film as misogynistic. And again, you know, you know, I mean, people say you know Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween and all are all misogynistic films too. You know, even though men die in those films too. But I, I, you know, again, we, we're all ex. Y chromosomes here, so we, you know we we haven't lived the, the double X life, so we can't really speak for <laughs> women. Never but, heard that before. But double X, X chromosome. But X Y patient, yeah. But but the thing is, is that the, you, you know again you can't you can't speak for all women. But because you're a woman and say, oh, uh, you know, this is misogynist because the other woman will say this ain't misogynist. It's Halloween. What are you talking about? It's Friday the 13th. It's, it's Scream. This well, ain't misogynist. Well, I think part of it is um, there's an old Far Side cartoon where uh, the panel is cars stuck in traffic and the humans are looking out off in the distance and you see, I think, like two mushroom clouds. So okay. nuclear war has started. And in one of the cars, there's a dog, and there's a dog on the sidewalk, and the two dogs are just looking at each other, wagging their tails. And the idea being that that's all that like that the dogs care about is the other dogs. Everything else in the world is irrelevant to them other than their dogs, and we're all kind of those dogs at times. We all have our way of viewing things, and that's the thing that matters to us the most. We don't care about the nuclear bombs. We care about how it looks to us. And our right. perspective from that. And in this case, for this woman and some women, that's all they will see is the violence against women, regardless of the context, and will not be happy with it. And we, not being, you know, them, we don't see the nuclear bombs. We just see the dog on the other side of the street, and we're going, yay, dog. You know, that's it. We don't see it right, from that right, same perspective. Right. Well, and some of those women may be, you know, victims of violence. In oh, absolutely. Them feel the way they feel, so. That's true too. Yeah, yeah. But again, though, they they can't speak for all women either, right? So they can say this is a misogynistic film, and some other woman will say this isn't misogynistic. What are you talking about? It's a good psychological thriller, or it's a crap. Right. I mean, there's a difference between saying like I have a friend who lost uh, a child in a fire. I, I'm sure she couldn't sit through a movie in which somebody dies in a fire. Sure. It doesn't mean that a movie in which somebody dies with a fire is pro killing people in fire. Right. And you have to be able to recognize that difference. Right. No, and At the same time, point. everybody's welcome to their own opinion. I just don't agree with that one. Yeah. And you if you don't have an opinion, yeah. you're more than welcome to use mine because it's the right one. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, He's going to go take right? a skull ass. <laughs> He's uh, just as bad as the architect. And that's how we know we have the, you have the wrong opinions, Eric. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Uh, any any other scenes in this film that anybody wanted to bring up that we missed? Uh, Kevin, anything that you wanted to bring up that we you missed that we haven't talked about yet? Nothing comes to mind. All right, anyone else? I'm good. I, I was for a bit entertaining the possibility of something supernatural occurring because there is another red herring, which is the middle story about killing the hypothetically killing the, uh, the, 
the, the, the perfect child in grade school. Yeah. Um, and she looks like she's doing some voodoo doll shit or something. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was, so when she starts doing things like appearing in the bathroom and people not noticing her and the, made the, the knife changing to a pen, I start, I do start wondering if there was something weird going on there because we are watching this under the horror section and there is always a chance that something supernatural can appear. And she talks about, um, I don't want to say dark passenger because that's, that was Dexter, right. But something along those lines, um, so there was always that possibility, right? There was always the like, like that possibility that there's something there. It wasn't. It was just wackadoo. But I do <laughs> right. think that was a that was a. I thought that was another again fairly decent red herring that they threw at us. I, I concur, Mike. That's a really good point because it was a red herring because, like you said, it, yeah, is is there some supernatural thing going on? And, and even at the scene when they appear in the airport all alone, I was like, is this supernatural or is this him crazy? And, and so you're right. That's a, that's a good point. But that was one thing about the film. Obviously, Kevin, you, you, you picked up things more than the rest of us, but I really was, was, I, I can't say I was surprised with the twist. But I wasn't expecting the twists. Well, and the problem for me is is that actually since you mentioned Sixth Sense a couple times, it's because of movies like Sixth Sense that make me expect that there's going to be a twist. Sure, sure. And so I'm always looking for them now. So I don't always look for them, but and it's hard to, to avoid it is when the advertising campaign kicks in and the reviews start coming out and people say, you won't believe the twist, but we won't spoil it for you. Well, you spoil it for me by telling me there's a twist because I am going to look for it. And 90% of the time I'm going to spot it because there's really what are the twists? They're imaginary. They've been dead all along. Um, you were really the murderer. You know, there, there, there's like a, only a handful of things that it can be, you know, that and they've done them all. I can't remember the last time there's been a twist that really has, has really genuinely surprised me. Yeah, keep in mind we watch way more movies than most people, though. I understand that. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would. This film, my, I think my wife would have liked watching, but I, I just had to watch it, and so it wasn't. Uh, she wasn't available necessarily to watch with me. But I, I bet you, if she watched it, I would be curious to see if she would have noticed anything or expected the twist. But I also think she would have liked the film a lot too. Because she hasn't seen as many films as us that would have weird things like this in it. So I could say the lay person that watches this would actually like the film, I think. Um, but that, that's just, just my guess. I know. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who do not like things that are unpat. And I think this will confuse a lot of people that watch it. This, this would be a really I, – I, this is this is a thing I would recommend with a giant asterisk, and I have to, like, ask them, like, how do they feel about movies that are not always clear-cut? Well, let me, let, let me rephrase. Um, this is the type of film that would be played at the Art House Theater that's about eight miles from my house, and it would be the random film that 
my wife would have just randomly picked if we were going through trailers. She would say, oh, this looks interesting. All right, let's watch this. So you're right. Maybe someone like my wife, it would get the thumbs up. And uh, those people that will go to the art house film down the road for me. But you're right. The general population may may not. So I'll rephrase that and say art house people would may l- yeah. like this a little more than than, than us I, I would say so yeah so um let's see uh anything else anybody want to bring up on the film anything i'm good nope nope it's free on amazon so it's worth the price yeah yeah that's good on Absolutely. amazon prime if you have amazon prime it's free right right <laughs> before right. someone could i looked at amazon it wasn't free for those people there's to be that's right. Yeah, because we've had a few few people that we said it's free on Shutter, and, and they attacked us on on Facebook by saying it's not free. You have to pay us six dollars a month. And it's like you know what we meant, you jackass. <laughs> Jesus no, Christ! No, clearly, clearly they did not. Well, they should have known. I mean, everybody else understood except for that one person. It's like, oh my god, give me a break. You know what we meant, or you should have. If you don't, you're an idiot. <laughs> anyway. All right, so um, so uh, I guess we can give our final thoughts on this. But before we do, uh, anybody want to discuss uh, things they've seen or whatnot? Uh, let me start, um, because I, I did go to a convention this, this past week called the Rhode Island Comic Con Convention. Uh, it was a three-day convention. William Shatner was there. He was the big guest among dozens of other people. Um, and so uh, I, I went there uh uh, dark discussions, press passes, and um, we had two. And so uh, um, Anthony Thurber of the Dark Discussions News Network, who does the Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show, um, I gave the other pass to. And uh, he uh, actually, uh, um, this convention works for him for a number of reasons, because first of all, it's only five miles from his house. But second of all, it, it has as many wrestlers as um, genre uh, actors. So it had sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, all the actors from superhero people, you know, you name it, anime, it had everything. So it's, it, when they say Comic-Con, it was like anything genre, it was there. Um, and I have to say that uh, it was probably the best convention I've ever been to. Um, it was fantastic. It was really good. Uh, comic book artists were there and I got some um, stuff signed by them, Wonder Woman stuff and all that. Uh, it was really fun, uh, very enjoyable. It was huge. So you could go around three times for the, and, and, and um, not be bored. Um, and of course, uh, the celebrities, if you were into that, which I, I didn't really care for, um, that was awesome. And then they had um, panels, which I didn't care for either, but they had a lot of those as well. So um, it's the biggest convention, I think, in New England, and it's been around for years. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend it. Um, anybody in the Northeast, including Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, and whatever, uh, should, and Quebec, they should, they should all attend if you like conventions because it's, it's a really damn good one. Mike, you were going to say something? Yeah, so help me God, Phil. If William Shatner dies before next week's episode, I'm blaming you. Yes, no kidding, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, he was there. Right? He was huge. I mean, you know, he had a. Um, oh, you know, else who was there was the second biggest was uh, Kevin Smith. He was there too. Yep, and he brought all the people from Clerks. So there was a big uh, a reunion for Clerks. Uh, nice. So yeah, well, yeah, yes. Well, and, and Kevin they're, Smith, they're they're awesome. called unemployed, and that's why he can do that. <laughs> well, 
fair enough. But 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 you know he 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 showed up. He's not on. Yeah. The uh, the Julie's Gum guy. I I I've, I know him through another filmmaker, and he's like constantly hanging around. But yeah. Uh, but Mike has to ruin it for everybody. But um, yeah, it's, it was a uh, it was a good show. Uh, Anthony actually got uh, a photo op with Kevin Smith. Um, and Kevin Smith, man, he's lost a lot of weight. Yes, he has. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's lost. Uh, like half his poundage and uh, he's as thin as me now. So uh, good for him. Um, and he looks weird. He yes, does look he does. weird, but it's better than being dead. Yes, yeah. that's true too. Yes, but there, there are just every now and then there's, there are people that like well, they like lose Adele. a lot of weight and then they look Adele like they have a head that's too large for their body. Just yeah, well, it, 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 but you know what? It's just because we're so used to seeing them otherwise that it makes them look weird. Yeah. But, um, like, like, who's the guy from uh, uh, Breaking Bad? Uh, Saul's bodyguard, the one, the black guy that did nothing. Yule. He's like, yeah, Yule. He, he's like, was like five hundred pounds, and now he's down to like one hundred and fifty or something. So good for him, you know. So people do it. Um, so yeah, it was a great convention. Uh, I recommend. Uh, uh, I'll definitely attend again uh, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll probably go every year. It's, it was just a great convention. Um, Fantastic. Um, and I've watched uh, more Rick and Morty reruns, and uh, that's about it for me. Uh, oh, and then Dean Stockwell passed away, and I'll go to you, Mike, since you actually met Dean Stockwell, and uh, let us know anything about him, plus any other news and or things you've watched, Mike. Yeah, I, I did meet Dean Stockwell, and I've, I've posted a couple of places when people were talking about him that is that uh, icon in Long Island around 1990. So this was not long after he won an Oscar for Married to the Mob. And while Quantum Leap was still in production, um, there was a, like a meet and greet dinner that they had. And he was basically off in the corner standing by himself. And I, I, I approached him in a non-obnoxious way, if you can imagine that. Uh, and we actually ended up chatting for like 20 minutes. I can't was, imagine that. No, you can't. Uh, and he was a very nice, humble guy. Um, it certainly came across that way. And pretty much everything I've read about him since Scott Bakula wrote something really nice uh, about him. Um, you know, because this was a guy who you know had been in the business for 70 years. He was a child actor, and he had obviously had a lot of ups and downs. So um, he was yeah. Kind what of was nice it? To everybody. The Little Rascals, right? Wasn't he a Little Rascal? I don't remember where he got his start. Well, but, anyway, uh, you said ups and downs, which I didn't know about. But anyway, um, because you know, you, if you don't have a seventy-year career and work consistently throughout those seventy years, right? Um, so he, yeah, he, he apparently was really good. He was, and because he was a child actor, he was like very protective of any kids that were on the set. Um, so yeah, it just sounds like he really was just a decent guy. So um, you know, he had lived a, a nice long life, and uh, you know, I'll still appreciate his work and. Um, you know, we talked about him because he was in Dune last week. Uh, not last week's Dune, but the David Lynch Dune. And, uh, you know, the Quantum Leap is a thing, Married to the Mob. If you've never seen Tucker, A Man in His Dream uh, with Jeff Bridges, it's uh, a really, it's a good film from the late 80s. And he has a uh, about five-minute scene maybe in it playing Howard Hughes. That's phenomenal. So I would recommend that. Very good. Now, uh, Mike, uh, any other news you want to bring up, or things you've been watching, video games, whatever? Yeah, I went to see uh, I went to see Antlers, which I, I know I saw some guy on YouTube reviewing it. Um, Eric Webster, I think his name was. Um, <laughs> I liked it. 
my wife thought it was a 30 minute movie stretched out to 90 minutes. I could see that. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed what was there. Um, even though it is a bit of a slow burn. Um, let's say I also went and saw last night in Soho, which I liked. I like almost all of Edgar Wright's films with the sole exception of Scott Pilgrim. And I know that's heresy to a lot of people. Uh, Um, I'm right there with you, Mike. And, uh, I would probably say it's my least favorite outside of that film, but it's not that I don't like it. I just don't love it as much as I love all the rest. You mean those, Do I need so, to see it in the theater, or can I wait for rental? Um, you know, I always recommend seeing things in theater, but I don't think if the theater experience isn't a big deal for you, then you could probably wait for a rental. Let me um, rephrase: Is there a, is there enough spectacle for me to make sure I see it in the theater? Probably not. Okay. It's kind of a kind of a ghost story ish. Okay. Ever see, if you've ever seen the uh, God, it depresses me to say that a movie that uh, came out when I was in college was old, but the uh, old movie by uh, De- by Kenneth Branagh called Dead Again. There are some mm. similar themes where the idea is that a person is experiencing flashbacks, mm, okay. tying into a, a a murder or crime that had happened decades earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, except in this case, it's somebody who uh, it's a young girl who is basically walking through the plot of Cruella, um, flashing back to the murder of a uh, of a performer in the 1960s in London. Gotcha. All right. Uh, anything else, Mike? Uh, oh, and by the way, um, the Queen of Thorns, um, Emma Peel. What's her name? Um, Diana Rigg is in it. So. You get to see her if you've been missing her since Game of Thrones ended. All right, very good. And you know, that's like, it. That's it. Oh no! Now I just killed Diana Rake. I'm so sorry. Oh, she's <laughs> already dead. Oh, that uh, is she? Oh yeah. Oh, so she yeah, died before the film was I, released. I thought I saw that too. Yeah, oh, that's right. Ooh, okay, yes. so 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 yeah. now we just have to worry about Shatner. All right. Yeah, she passed away. And Kevin in Smith. September. September of last year, Diana. So this film must have been another one of those delayed films or, or something. Yeah. Because if she's in the film, yeah. Fair enough. Um, all right. Sounds good. So, uh, Barrett, what about yourself? Um, haven't watched a lot because I am currently doing a lot of writing for the National Novel Writing Month. Um, and But I did watch Lock and Key, the second season, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I thought it was pretty pretty good. Was it better um, than the first season? If you didn't like the first season, you probably won't like the second. Okay. Uh, I was okay I, with the first season. I just wasn't thrilled with it. It's continuation of the same stuff, but I, I liked the first season. So if you didn't, you probably don't want to watch the second. Okay. I've got enough other stuff. Thank you. Yeah. That's pretty much it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Anything? Um, it's not horror related, but I've been watching on Netflix, uh, the Peaky Blinders. It's a, essentially a British mob series. I've heard good and, things about it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's intense. It, it's got its violent points, but the, the story is, the story is solid. It's, it's a good story. Um, I mean, it's not like. It, it doesn't glorify violence. It doesn't glorify, you know, illegal a- actions, but it's, it's kind of the whole, it, it's, it's kind of like the idea behind breaking bad. It's, it's that kind of, 
that kind of idea is that you're watching essentially the, you know, what we would normally see is the bad guys just trying to get through, you know, everything. And so we're, we're watching, like I said, it's a 1920s British mob uh, uh, TV series set in Birmingham, uh, England. Um, and also kind of one interesting thing that I've noticed is uh, because we recently, I mean, we, I mean, it was uh, about 12 days ago, but we had Halloween and uh, one of the movies I like watching around Halloween time is Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2 is now in production. And it's got the the three sisters and Bill and Billy Butcherson uh, all coming back. So you got Doug Jones, Sarah, Jessica Parker, Kathy, Jimmy and Bette Midler all, all coming back. So hopefully this will be good. All right. And uh, let's see. Uh, let's go with you, Eric. Um, I haven't really been watching anything genre-related on streaming services or anything. Um, but I have been, uh, if anybody's into reaction videos, if you go on YouTube and watch reaction videos, I've been watching reaction videos for Hereditary. Um and it's a good time. <laughs> that sounds fun. Just yeah, fast you, forward you, to the telephone pole. You you get to watch people just either go slack jawed or totally lose their mind, and it's pretty hilarious. Everybody laughed in the theater when I was there. Really? <laughs> wow. I, I didn't. Cold. Everybody else did, and I was like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> I was feeling like, "Wow!" She just got her head ripped off, and they were laughing at it. Wait, do you know? Do you know what we call those people? Teenagers, 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 yeah, right, right, right. Oh, white supremacists call them anything. No, it's a little white girl, (laughs) right? But it doesn't matter anymore, Mike. You just call them racist. It works, whatever. Anyway, misogynists call them anything. Oh my god, that's no, but I I recommend watching reaction videos for hereditary. I I yeah, now now I'm looking that up. It's, it's it's like total recall. Everybody was cheering. You know, it's like what? So you know they're, they're laughing. Oh my god! So that must have been a riot, Eric. How did you get the idea to start searching for those? Well, I've been watching reaction videos for a while, and I just uh, one of the reactors I watch regularly did that movie, and it, I was just laughing at the reaction all the way through. And I was like, I bet they're all like this. Dude, uh, dude. And so I started looking for other ones. Yeah, reaction. I would bet Midsummer. They would have to have the same. Min, Min, I've watched a few of those too. Those have got some good reactions. Wait, reaction too. videos are fun. I know I've seen some for like music. Like somebody listens to, like there was one like someone listens to Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time, and he's mm-hmm. you know, like, "Oh man, this singer, he's really good." I wonder what else he's done. I was like, "Yeah, younger younger yeah. people watching stuff that we know by heart is just like, what's, oh, what's a, what's you a know hitch so card? little." What's yeah. A hitch? Well, it reminds me a little bit like in the Avengers movies when Spider-Man comes on and says, hey, I saw this old movie called Empire Strikes Back. I got an idea here. And they're going, what is he talking Old movie? It's like, trust me, I think I know what he's talking about. And Captain America's <laughs> off in the corner looking for the gift that says, I understood that reference. What, what yeah. movie was this from? That was uh, Captain America's Civil War. Yeah. Oh, all right. I, I think I've seen that. So I must have missed that. I forgot the scene. So, Eric, anything else, my friend? Nope. That's it. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, so that's pretty much uh, 
uh, the news and what we've been watching and the conventions. Oh, and, and then, of course, I, I forgot to mention, uh, uh, two days from now, 11-13-2021, Red, Taylor Swift's version. It's gonna Nobody be, cares. So it's going to be great. Best album ever. It's, Nobody and cares. it's tripled. Anyway. Nobody cares. All right, fair enough. So uh, let's uh, get into our final thoughts on this. But before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It is a general interest podcast called the Scancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-A-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you got this one. Excellent. And uh, Mike, me, you, and Eric will be discussing uh, our cinema a la carte after. uh, What is that podcast all about? I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) i think this is all a a massive hoax that has been perpetrated on the dark discussions listening audience mike is sitting in an airport right now talking about doing a cinema (laughs) a la carte yeah in theory there's a cinema a la carte carte podcast that will be discussing a movie that may or may not feature a bear in it um that Eric Webster had picked for us to do. Um, but we'll find out because every time we try to arrange it, something explodes. <laughs> Fair enough. And so we'll talk about that after we record this off here. And then, uh, Barrett, uh, me, you, Johnny and Sean Fox, uh, Kevin, unfortunately can't make it, but we're, uh, we record another podcast and we're actually doing a, a recording, uh, interviewing, Director of Photography of a Film uh, on uh, Tuesday. What's going on about that? Yeah, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews is going to be interviewing um, Tara Violet, the DP of uh, the movie I Without a Face, which we have previously reviewed, and now we'll get to interview her. Cool. Yep, so, uh, yeah, yeah, so it'll be kind of cool. So, uh, found her. They found, actually, it was weird is that I didn't even promote the episode on Twitter, and they somehow found our our episode and uh they were promoting it on twitter so uh i said well, because they're to... probably googling themselves every day yeah and looking they, for uh, any mentions yeah, yeah, yeah i mean so... you, you can sign up for um alerts alerts on google and stuff that when your film drops on something so when probably when we got dropped on google play gotcha all right see, see, i didn't even know that how about that so uh yeah so they found us and uh i Said, hey, that, you know, that, that, so, like, for, you can go to Google, type in, like, Taylor Swift and say, yes, I want to hear all the news alerts for Taylor Swift. This phone's going to blow up all day long. And, and, that and that's evil. And that's, how do you do that, Mike? I don't. You go, you, you Google, Google it, it, and there's there's ways to sign up. I honestly, I've never done it, so I don't know. But I know they're from time to time they've asked me. Google how would, to use would, Google. But would, would you like to receive updates on tentacle porn? And I go, no, thank you. I know how. I don't think that's how you answered. <laughs> I don't need it, 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 it. also also makes me wonder what Mike's been searching for if, if Google's are asking him <laughs> if he wants to watch that. But so be it. Uh, either way. Um, yeah, so so we're we're gonna interview uh, the DP. So that was kind of cool. Uh, so look out for that episode. It may even come out before this episode. So uh, either way, uh, that's good. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. So uh, I guess we get into final thoughts on this film here that we just uh, reviewed called A Perfect Enemy. And uh, I'll start. Uh, yeah, I like this film a lot. I, I was interested. I'm I'm a big dialogue 
uh, fan. I'm uh, also a fan of odd characters uh, that are uh, mysterious and potentially male- malevolent. And so uh, it was a really good film for me. Uh, the twist, uh, I uh, was surprised as they were they popped up. And uh, yeah, I, I liked the film. I could see how the ending could disappoint some people because uh, it it you know turns out to be a twist that okay it's uh in his head but uh all in all it was a uh, yeah good film in my opinion i thought big thumbs up uh let's go with you mike yeah well that's me that phil is talking about i'm not all that f- fond of the in your head twist but we've seen it enough i don't like completely mark a film down because of that it's just it makes it a little disappointing for me i don't think at least on a first time watch you know maybe it I'm wrong about this on a rewatch. The twist is a little creaky. I don't know that that's completely water uh, watertight, Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, It it works well enough. I I think the performance is solid. I think the direction is solid. Um, I like, I, I, I like a, a good film where you can get two characters, uh, two good actors just kind of going at each other and you do kind of get this here. Um, I enjoyed it. I not going to be my favorite film of the year. It could sneak into my top 20. Um, I certainly say if you were, if you kind of like these kinds of films, you could give it a try. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Kevin. I wasn't that fond of the movie. Um, I'm not a big dialogue movie person either. Um, not the best on unreliable narrators either. I mean, I saw it. It was interesting, but it's a one and done. I don't need to see it again. All right. Sounds good. Eric. Uh, Yeah, I think the movie was made with skill. It certainly looks good. Um, The acting was fine. I just found it to be an unsatisfactory story. Um, So I won't be revisiting it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Bart. Um, Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I might like it a tad more after we discussed it. I wouldn't say a huge amount. Um, it's worth seeing once. I won't revisit it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so uh, once again, the film is a perfect, a perfect enemy. Uh, you can find it on Amazon prime and Tubi, or you can VOD rent it anywhere. Uh, the film is directed by Kiki Mayo, uh, written by Mayo, as well as, uh, Christina Clemente and Fernando Navarro. Uh, the film stars Thomas Cott, Athena Straits, and Marta Nieto. Uh, and the film is uh, uh, was released in the United States uh, June 11th, it says here, so uh, uh, 2021. And uh, as Mike mentioned, it's about an hour and 29 minutes or so, so not too long. And uh, that's pretty much it. So uh, with all that stated, Eric... Why don't you lead us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about a perfect enemy. Come back next week. We'll have another topic.